back to. Okay, stop whining. Guys, we're literally a shit show today, but like, it's kind of funny. Yeah, you had you kind of had a crazy day. I didn't even, my day wasn't even that crazy, but like, I'm going to warn you guys right now, I'm drunk. And so I enlisted Pam to get wine. Um, and then I just- Cheers. Here, cheers. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a splash of vodka, mostly seltzer. And um, I have my wine because I love wine. I your wine, and I only have red wine in the house left over for my friends, which I do not drink red wine, so we are not having that. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm drunk because I just came from meeting Nick Jonas. He was interesting to say the least. Um. He was cute. Like, I, I'll give him that. Um, so you said you you were saying he wasn't as friendly as you thought that he would have been. Well, doesn't he like kind of promote himself at like su- as like such a sweetheart? He does. No, he seems like I'd be excited to meet him, and you would think he'd. Be- I'm sure he is a nice guy. Yeah, maybe there was a reason. Maybe his wife's like, if you're too friendly with these girls, I'm gonna like. That's what we were saying. <laughs> we were like, does he need to be like well behaved? But like, he was. He was maybe. fine. I'm trying not to like generalize because I know like a lot of the time, sometimes you just have a bad day and like, that's fine. But right. to be and honest, you know what? wait, sometimes fine. people come off as being rude and they're really a little shy. shy. I know that sounds weird. You're like, okay, he's a performer. No way. But there are performers that are shy. Maybe he has as a shy, like has a little social anxiety. I agree. You never know. I agree. You I think that until you really know them, like you just yeah. don't know. But it was nice to meet him. And I met John Barbados too. They were like promoting their tequila company. I got like a giant thing of tequila, which was fun. Um, And I took a shot with Nick and um, had a drink and a shot and a drink. You know me, do that. And I'm, I'm gone for the, I'm not for the count. (laughs) So I, I came home, I took a little snoozy snooze for like an hour and I was like, girly, get your ass up and work. Right. So, so now I'm working. We've been trying to work all day. And actually, I was going to watch The Vow at nine o'clock. Yeah. But we're going to record and I'm going to watch I it mean, tomorrow. I would love to watch The Vow too, but you know. I'll watch it tomorrow. Larry's going away tomorrow to visit his parents. So I'm going to watch The Vow while he's gone. Okay. I love, well, I love a little, I'm going to have some sushi and watch The Vow um, and be so happy. Literally, that's what I did last night sushi yeah. and The Vow. Nothing is better than that. And you have kind of taught me, I swear, the reason why I just vibe with like being alone and watching a movie, I think, is because of you. Is that right? I I sound like I'm so like unsocial, but no, there's like, there are certain times during the week, everybody needs downtime. It's good for you. You don't need to like be going out every night. And I like it. I like to be alone with my mm-hmm. dogs and and a movie and good food that I like that Larry doesn't like. I just <laughs> but I no honestly I think like down. something so great that you have promoted is like being alone without being lonely. Like right. oh I'm not lonely. Being by yourself <laughs> and like not everyone can be by themselves and sit in their thoughts and do their own thing and you always have been able to. And so I think that's why I am more, my personality is a little more introverted. Like I love people, but I also like, I mean, my favorite thing to do, and we both are like this, like our favorite thing is like, let's curl up on the couch on a Saturday night, have a glass of wine, order sushi and like watch a movie. Like I'm so happy. Nothing (laughs) is better than that. Nothing brings me more joy. 
I know. I don't know why we like that, but we do. Yeah. But I feel like that's a good thing. Like we're a little bit of a homebody, like in that way, like we like to go out and we like to travel and whatever, but then there's another side of us. That's a little bit of a homebody. Homebody. Yeah. Yeah. Were you always like that? No, not when I was young. No. Really? Gotten older. Yeah. I'm the opposite. You know that. I think, although there were times that like on the weekends, my friends would want to go out and I had another friend that was like me and we're like, Ugh, we don't feel like being social tonight. Like, let's just hang in. So I guess I did that sometimes, but I, when I was younger, I had a, that fear of missing out. Thing, mm, you, know? you got FOMO. Yeah, I had it. But I, I, of course I don't have it anymore. I'm older. What do I care? What am I missing out on? Nothing. I'm like the opposite of FOMO, which is an issue. I'm like, I want to miss out. <laughs> You've been going out way too long. I would kind of love to miss out. Yeah. Um, but that I might just be not. college, it's like you had every opportunity on earth to go out. Right, so right. it like you makes you like you don't want to do it all the time. Right, right, exactly. And and I always say by by your age, I was already married. So I was already in like I'm saying I was in like a different kind of world, you know? know. So, but in my day, we all got married younger. It's just just wild though that like that was what was taking place. And like, I'm just like, I don't even know. I know. And I look at you as being so young that I don't even, I don't know. I was a baby. I think of that age and I'm like, you're like 25 and whatever. And I'm like, that's so so young. I like how it is better now that you guys wait and you establish a career. I think it's so much better. I mean, I feel like there's no other way because it's like if I fell in love and got married and did all these things it's and then I started having kids, when would there be time for me to like know what I wanted to do with my life like career-wise? Right. right. Well, this is the best time of your life. So you're doing it exactly the way you should do it. And people are always like – when are you going to find someone, this and that? And I'm like, honestly, like knowing that the next person that I find could be the person that I spend the rest of my life with makes me even more relaxed and calm. And like, you know what? Like I I literally could be with the same person for the rest of my life. This is the only time that I have left for the rest right. of my life to be just me without right. someone else attached to me. Like right. exactly. Yes. Like, and when you're you very think of me, you're going to yeah. think of me in a pair like <laughs> that's it's in a crazy though like sorry I know yeah, but it's crazy and like I get that like you and daddy have like established you both are very much individuals but right. it is true that like once you're in a couple and you're married like you are a unit and you are. so yeah. it's like I'm okay with not being that for right. the time right. that I'm not great you know. I think it's great yes yeah to get, getting to get get a career going yeah So we've been having a lot of conversation the last couple weeks about TikTok, about this whole almond mom thing that has been going on. Um, I wrote down some notes, but like I feel like most people at this point probably are familiar with the term almond mom and like know what it is. If you think of like Yolanda Hadid, I think she's the person that like she is. She starts it started almond mom phenomenon. Yes, and do you know why? Because she yeah, told you know Gigi, if you're, if you're hungry, to just, like, eat half an almond? No. Well, they, her daughter, I guess she was modeling, you know, uh-huh. and she was not feeling well during uh-huh. a show. If uh-huh. I have this, if I read. Yeah, um, yeah. She was feeling well during a show. And her mother said um, that 
she should just eat some almonds and that would make her or feel she better. Like eat, she was like literally just bite half an almond and you'll feel better. And you'll feel better. Right. I don't know if it was half an almond. No, I, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. Well, that's where it got, that's where all this stuff started with this almond mom. It came mm-hmm. from there. Because so, she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to, they, the press like reached out to her and they wanted to talk about it, but she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't, they didn't want to make a big deal of it. They didn't think it was such a big deal, but this stuff is really happening. There's tons of moms that are almond moms. And it's not that it's like just starting to happen now. It's that nobody was talking about it before. Right. Right. That's been Right. It's been happening forever. And your generation of people are, the reason that they're like the almond moms is because diet culture, like the extreme diet culture of like Weight Watchers, South Beach diet, starving yourself, working out video, like the workout videos and the workout that all started in your generation. And so my generation and Weight Watchers, I think even way, even before me, Mm. like, like my mom was, my mom never went on a diet, Mm -hmm. but I know that her age group of people, those that wanted to diet, were using Weight Watchers. Yeah. So it was always something. It's gone on for so many generations. And as the industry changed, I feel like though you guys got like really impacted by it. Like the, the, that like the diet culture, like it was just really rooted in your generation. And so it's like, as a, as a, your child, you know, sometimes it's like, or I used to feel this way, it would make me angry almost, or it would make me, oh, like, fuck this stupid generation for fucking us up. But then at the same, like, which is, I know I get it. But like, at the same time, it's like, you guys like literally didn't know any better. Like this was what you were raised on. And so it's like, how are you supposed to change the narrative when you don't know any better? That's right. That's all we knew. When I was younger, it was either, well, everybody talked about diet or how much less like my girlfriend and I, I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, maybe we were going to eat for lunch, have a sandwich and we called them our chewy diet candies. (laughs) Um, And it was like normal, like everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people ate like that and did that. So, and we were over exercise. So it's not, it's not just the food, it's the over exercising, you know, and the food and all of that together. But I never realized that I was going to bring that into my life when I was raising kids. I never would have thought about it. It just... It never crossed my mind how, when you raise kids, how you're supposed to talk to them about food in a healthy mm-hmm. way. Like it wasn't a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about this. And how so. your behaviors rub off on kids subconsciously. So it's not like parents are purposefully like making their kids have these behaviors, but it's like, if you behave in a certain yeah. way, your child is going to pick right. up on that and then repeat that behavior. Exactly. If I'm going to eat a, right, right. No, if I'm going to eat a salad every day for lunch and that's all you see is me eating salad every day, or you see me eating only a half a sandwich every day, or I'm skipping that and I'm going to say, I'll just have a handful of nuts. I'll have a granola bar. For lunch and a granola bar. Who, that's how your mom eats. You don't know any different. Yeah. So it's more with women than with men too. Oh, a hundred percent it is. Um, Right. And, I and men definitely, I think the men of that generation too have their own narrative with that stuff. But with right. women, 
I, I said this before, like with women, I think there's more emotions or it's more oftentimes emotions are attached, attached to food and exercise, yes. whereas yes. men kind of are able to separate it. And not, I'm not saying this is all the time and for everyone, right. but I think right. for women more often, like right. we attach emotions to food, emotions mm-hmm. to exercise, emotions to our body. Right. Absolutely. So it causes like more emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. Um but, but like another example of like the almond mom thing is, is just like a mom being super like ultra productive and making their child feel like, like it doesn't necessarily have to be like a mom starving herself and telling a child to starve herself. Like it can come in kind of different ways, which is why I think a lot of moms might be in denial that they're like this. Right. Um, right. Like, for example, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like an example of like, how it can be kind of hidden. It's like a mom being like, oh, I'm going to have you guys eat your dinner, but I'm going to have zucchini noodles with mine. Yes. Yes. That's it. It's like, it's like, yes, they're not telling you to eat the pasta. Like they're not telling you to eat the zucchini noodles, but they're eating it. And therefore that's telling your child, there must be something wrong with the pasta and, and that I shouldn't be eating it. Exactly. It's the same thing with that cauliflower rice. Cauliflower rice. Instead of rice, I'm going to have the cauliflower right. rice. Or I'm going to wrap my sushi in brown rice, brown rice. not or, rice. And then cucumber. again, you're still, yeah, or cucumber. And but you're you still, go ahead, you, you go ahead and have what you want, but I'm going right. to do this because, oh, right. this just makes me feel bloated. This just makes me right. feel, I, I'm in my, I'm in my forties or I'm in my fifties and we can't process this stuff and blah, 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 right. blah, blah. It's, it doesn't matter like what the excuse right. is. It's teaching your child that right. it's all the same. It's all the same. It's making your child feel guilty about eating a food that, that they shouldn't feel guilty. Yes. Eating. Eating. Yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah. even, and- even another thing I think of, and, and you do this sometimes and it doesn't like bother me that much, but it bo- bothers me occasionally. And then I'm curious <laughs> to hear like what things have bothered you about your own like family and in the past or things you've noticed about yourself. But when you'll be like, Oh, like I used to get mad at you because you used to be like, Oh, this is the workout I did today. And then I ate this, this, and this. And it's like, that's almond mom behavior. And even though you don't like, you're not intentionally trying to make me feel bad about what, but that's how it comes off. It's like, I did eight miles on the bike, this stationary bike this morning. I did 20 minutes of arms and then I had a rice cake with an egg for breakfast and then I had a salad for lunch and then I had this for dinner. And it's like just that that talk and that narrative will right. set a person off. Right. I totally get it because mm. even as an adult being around other adults that do stuff like that, it annoys me. Mm. <laughs> so, And then I do it myself. Right. You know, but when you hear other people do it, it's like, oh my God, that's just so like, it's so wrong. I've learned a lot from you with mm-hmm. about disordered eating and all that stuff that I didn't really understand before. So I think because I understand so much now, I'm so much more aware of how other people are talking or how their relationship with food is. I'm very much aware now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, occasionally you know, I'm a human being, maybe I will do stuff like that. But, um, no, I notice it in other people that I'm, that I'm with. Yeah. And it, it's difficult. It's even makes me feel bad sometimes when I go out to eat and you're with other women and they all have issues somewhat about eating 
And then it makes me feel bad, like what I'm choosing. I still feel like that and I shouldn't, but I still feel like that sometimes that maybe I'm choosing the wrong thing. When you go out to dinner and you open the menu, it's like, so what are you eating? And what are you eating? So still in my age group, there's definitely this change that needs to be made. And I am hoping to try to make a change with your generation. I think it's really difficult to change people in my generation because they still don't get it. They don't understand. And it's going to take your generation to help us understand what's going on. There's so many, there's also so many aspects to it. It's like the aspect first of like how these moms are affecting their children. And then it's the aspect of like, how do these moms change for themselves too? Like, because what a lot of your friends or like people that you're surrounded by express, I would categorize and most people would categorize as disordered eating. Um, fearing certain food groups, fearing Mm -hmm. calories, um, not eating the entire day to save up for one meal. Um, These are all symptoms of disordered eating. And unfortunately, yeah, yeah. But, but something about you, which is really interesting is like, you used to have, I think a little bit more symptoms of disordered eating. Mm -hmm. Um, and now you really, I see less and less and less and less. And I'm just curious if like, like what made you like less afraid or like, I don't know, like how can you, how are people going to change? Like, are people going to change? Are people, do you think there's a way to get people your age to like realize that like the carbs are not going to kill you and you can have them and it's not going to make you fat? Cause that's your age. People are so fat phobic and they're so afraid of gaining weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you I, think that it's, yeah, it's possible? No, I do. And it's conversations like this and conversations mm-hmm. with our children, especially if we have daughters, because I think the men and sons are less affected. So it's conversations like this that are going to help. And people like I was trying to explain to a couple of people recently, I was talking about an almond mom. They're like, what's that? Or they're like, I'm not an almond mom. And I'm like, but you are. <laughs> they don't, they still don't get it. You know, so it's, it's talk, it's educating people. Yeah. And my age group, our kids are older. So, but I'm hoping that it's you, when you guys become moms, that you guys break the cycle. Yeah. So it's with your age group that hoping is where the change happens. And that doesn't mean that my, in my age group, that change can't happen. It can, if you're willing to do it. Right. That's the thing. I feel like you were like. Even like if you're a daughter listening to this, I feel like in the beginning when I would talk about things, you would be really shut off and closed-minded and you weren't willing to like listen. And then the more I like – I don't know how it happened. I feel like it was just over time like talking about it over and over and over again and like re-explaining things and sending you videos and like sending you articles like – I feel like it's been years of me just like since high school of me sending you articles about body positivity or body neutrality and um, health at every size and how just because you're fat doesn't mean you're unhealthy or um, just because you're fat doesn't mean you're not worthy or like, I, I love it. I love it. Cause I wasn't raised what what, these articles that I was sending you and are reading articles, a lot about the alma mom when Mm. I was grew up, you you were smart and you were beautiful and you were healthy mm-hmm. and everything revolved around because you're thin. Right. You know? And that 
that's the generation that I grew up in. That's mm-hmm. what was being put out to everybody. And think about the magazines that I was looking at, Glamour, Vogue, you know, all those, all those magazines. That's what we saw. It was yeah. like thin was beauty. Mm-hmm. And I am being educated because as I am getting older, I'm realizing every everybody is beautiful in their in their own way. And everybody's beautiful. We all come in different shapes and sizes. And we're all beautiful people. And we're all, it doesn't mean that you're, we're all smart people, no matter what you look like. Yeah. So um, it, it took a lot of educating me, re- a lot of reading and understanding. You know, I just, I, I think that not only me, but there's a lot of like people, we were close-minded because that's what we knew. That was, that's what was being fed to us. Right. You know, so it's interesting. I like, I don't know. I just feel like when you push, like when you push those conversations and you just push it, it's like people think that they have one conversation and then the narrative changes. And that's just like not the case. It's yeah. like what yeah. you said. It's like years of us like discussing this and sending articles and like talking about it. And like, that's when the changes started to take place and your mind became more open. Um, And I think it's especially helpful when you have open-minded parents because like with you and daddy, like you guys are, are open-minded people and you're about the younger generation and you're about the future. And when it comes to like politics and things like that, and it all, it all ties together. Like right. when it comes to politics, you guys are all about this, the younger generation and um, right. like, right. you know what I mean? So I feel like it definitely helps that you guys were like that. Um, right. But I know that not, not everybody is as open and willing yeah. to understand these things. And there's people that are older that have disordered eating and they're not going to change because right. they can't for whatever reason. And it's sad. Yeah. And I think that there's certain people that are just always going to be like that, that way. But I'm wondering, like, even if they're not willing to change, can they respect differences and honor the fact that their child or their grandchild is affected by the things that they're saying so that they can, like, they can change. Like, even if they, it's, it's hard because even when I think of like my, my grandparents, it's like, in one Mm. sense, I get that they're not going to understand, like, they might not believe that there you can be healthy at every size. They might they might not be on that right. bandwagon. They right. might not believe it. But right. I'm like, can I just get them to agree that their words have an impact on me and affect others? And if they change their words or change right. the narrative, then I could be a happier person and have an easier time around them. Right, right. And and our whole world will be like that. If, if everybody could change their attitude toward right. others. But, but I that, think, yeah, it starts with those, it starts with those conversations. And I'm just thinking of like, for any of my followers or our followers of the podcast that are listening to this and they're struggling with an almond mom <laughs> or even a dad that's like <laughs> super obsessed with working out or eating, um, yeah. like how they can just yeah. introduce the topic without making them feel like they're being attacked. Right, right. Because I think when I was first introduced to it, at first I I felt like that. I was like, yeah. oh my God, she's telling me I'm causing her all these problems. Mm-hmm. And then it it's literally to took me years of, it didn't click right away. 
I didn't get it. I still was like, oh, she she's wrong. I'm right. I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And then it literally took me years and you really have opened my eyes. And I've said it again because I I see it, I, I see it all around me all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's a fact. It is happening in our world. Yeah. And it's happening with my generation. So it's there's no denying it. So if you're yeah. a kid and you, it's happening in your house, have that conversation. You you have to, but yeah. come at it, you know, in a in a way like think think really think through how you're going to have that conversation, and sit and down with hard. your parents, especially if you're a young person, if you're 12 or 11 or 10 or like that is like a mature ass conversation to have, and right. it's like. I, I'm curious, do you remember if there was a certain point where you felt the switch or was it just very gradual over time? Like, was there anything specific that made you like, oh my God, okay, this is an issue? Where I've become really on board is when you've become extremely open about your body positivity. And I am 120 million percent on board mm-hmm. with everybody in this world. I'm on board. I don't want to hear you look great because you're thin or you don't look great because you're not that way. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I am so on board with you Yeah, and I love it. Like things need to change in our world. I also want so, to talk about, um, when a child comes to their mom and they're saying, I gained weight, I feel bad about myself. I want to go on a diet. Um, I need you to help me like how to attack those issues. Because I know that like in the past, even with us, like you didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Because why would you, you were a first time mom you never dealt with it and you came from diet culture and no now, idea. but it's so like, it's such a beautiful thing because you learned from me and now you're able to, if Chloe comes to you and says, I'm feeling insecure today. I'm feeling like I gained weight. I'm feeling this and that you're able to like guide her in the right way. Um, so absolutely. Like, I, I was so, I, yeah, I just, I just want to say I came at it a hundred percent wrong. Hmm. Nobody trains when you're a mom, nobody trains you how to talk to your kids. And especially when it comes to eating and disordered eating and the body and all that, nobody trains us what to say. We don't know what to say. Yeah. So I've, I've learned so much from you. And I actually recently had somebody approach me and asked how they should talk to their child that was having a problem. And, and she kept coming back at me. Well, what if my child says this? And what if my child says this? And I know how to attack it now, Mm. but people don't know very intelligent people, very intelligent people, but we just don't know. That's a thing because people don't realize that like what you're saying could like a child when they come to you or in a teen or an adult, when they come to you and they say, I gained weight, I feel fat or I feel bad about myself. And like, what do I do? Some parents will be like their immediate mindset, which is, it's not their fault is like, okay, what can we do to fix the problem? But right. instead of fixing the physical problem, the real issue lies in the fact that Mm -hmm. they're saying that because they gained weight, that's bad and that they have an issue Mm -hmm. with their body. And like the reality is like when you go from high school to college, you're going to gain weight. Like you are going from your high school body, which is like you weren't going out and drinking. You were a younger person. You were below 18. And then you go to college and you're like, you're drinking all the time. You're learning more food freedom where your parents aren't telling you what and when to eat. 
Um, and you're just like growing into an adult body. Hell yeah, your body is going to change. You're going to gain weight. So instead of a parent being like, let's put you on a diet, let's take you to a nutritionist, let's do this, let's do that. You need to work out more. It's like, instead you need to be like, you know what? You are beautiful no matter what. Five pounds heavier, 10 pounds heavier. You're still just as worthy. You're still just as good of a person, just as beautiful. That's the words that I want moms to say to their daughters. Right. Right. That's the change that needs to be made. It's like how moms are reacting to their children complaining. Right. Because when you tell your kid, oh, yeah, you're right. You need, you do, you need to go on a diet and you do need to exercise more. How are they supposed to feel? They're going to walk right. away like, oh my God, there's something really wrong with me. Like Even, I'm da- like they're damaged good. You know, they feel, yeah. feel bad. And if you approach it, which I've learned from you because I am guilty myself, if you approach it in the way, and I was just trying to explain that to this person that asked me recently, you, you are beautiful. Like you're, you're so smart and you're so beautiful. If you come mm-hmm. at them in a positive way, things will work itself out. Like just yeah. let it, let them be, just let them know that they are, they're perfect the way they are. I remember yeah. when I was in high school, like coming to you, even middle school coming to you with these issues mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you being like, okay, like here's what we can change. And like, literally like there is nothing wrong with that because that is what you right. thought was right to do. Because right. back then right. I had no idea. The, society was fat phobic. Society was like, what can we do to prevent people from being fat? Basically, that's what society was like. Now we realize, okay, being fat does not necessarily mean health issues. Being fat does not necessarily mean something negative. Um, People can live in larger bodies and still have a healthy and happy and and fit lifestyle. Um, But back then, we didn't know that or you guys didn't know that. So when I came to you, when I was in middle school and I said, I'm getting curves, I'm getting a butt, you said, here's what we can do to be healthier. Here's what we can do to minimize the damage, basically. Right. right. When I was in this or that. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. okay, she, I, I started learning about bad foods and good foods. And I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of mm-hmm. people can relate to the same thing where it's like their mom's or just trying to help them. So they were like, okay, well, this is bad. You shouldn't eat this. And this is good. Mm-hmm. You should eat this. Um, mm-hmm. And then in high school, I remember wanting to go on diets and you being like, okay, I'll pay for your South Beach diet. And I'm not say- like saying this to like call you out on it. I'm just saying like right, right. that was the no, reality. Right. Right. You didn't know if, about if, it. Right. We didn't. No. No, and it was like, that's what I'm saying. It was like, mom, I lost two pounds and it was like, high five. And it's like, but right. you never overweight. And so why, mm-hmm. why is this a celebration? And why do you think you need to lose weight? Um, mm-hmm. exactly. by, so, so by a mom celebrating a daughter losing two pounds, you can only imagine if a daughter gains two pounds, how they'll feel if their if their mom finds out that they gained weight. Exactly. Um, Right. Which is what starts that like underlying like hiding competitive thing. Cause like I used to like mm-hmm. hide things from you or like feel competitive or feel like what you would say would hurt my feelings. And it's because of those things. It's right. because you automatically start to right. think she thinks I'm fat. She thinks I'm this. She thinks I'm that. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Uh, and how many girls out there do you think feel the same way? <laughs> a I lot. think I think so. most do. Um, most do. Which is why I'm like, I wish that my my one wish for this episode is that like every daughter just says like, mom, like, please, let's just like sit down and listen to this podcast episode. And like, you don't need to say anything until after it's done. But like, let's just listen and like, think about how you might be like affected by just like these societal things that have gone on. Um, right. That's just my hope because it's like, again, coming from you who was someone who is closed minded and like, how dare you attack me? And how dare you say that I'm that Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, the damage that it can do. Yeah, no, I've had a total, total change, but you're, you're very, um, out, you're very out there talking Mm -hmm. about it. You're okay talking about it. Although you didn't always, you weren't always this open, Yeah, but that's, amazing that you're able to do that. And obviously a lot of people aren't. So by listening to this episode, I too hope that it's helpful for kids that don't know how to start the conversation. Mm. Just mom, listen to this. Or actually I was telling uh, somebody today who never heard of the term almond mom. Mm. I was like, go on TikTok. Like it's all over TikTok. So not just you at your age talking about it. There's Obviously, there's a lot of other people talking about it. There's a girl who everybody can look up who's on TikTok. Her name is Tyler Bender. She's a fantastic TikTok and does talks about this almond mom thing. Phenomenon, Obviously, yeah. her mom must be okay with it. <laughs> um, you should also, you should also look into what she's saying and look at her TikTok. She's making it funny. Right. which I think is great. Like Carly is able to talk about it and Carly has a sense of humor mm-hmm. and you have an easy time talking about it. And I think Tyler does a great job with talking about this issue. Yeah. No, I think it's like, and it's also when you don't talk about things, they seem heavier. And then once you get them out, they seem a lot lighter mm-hmm. and easier to talk about. Like when I didn't talk to mm-hmm. you about my body image issues when I was younger, it felt so heavy and so big. And then once I said it, it felt a tiny bit smaller, tiny weight off my shoulders. And then over the years, as I talked about it more and more and more, it's it's become mm-hmm. to the point where it's not, it doesn't feel heavy at all. It just feels like something that we right. just openly go back and forth about, which is like such a right. like such a great feeling to know that like if I'm having a bad body image day, I can go to you and like you know what to say. Right. Like you know the response. Um, right. Right. And the other thing is, is we can still practice healthy habits together. Like I love that we, Mm -hmm. um, we love to work out together and we love to make healthy recipes together. But then there's the balance Mm -hmm. of like, if we're too tired to work out, there's no judgment and we don't feel judgment. Um, or if you're going to work out and I'm not, I don't feel like, oh my God, I so pressured. I have to work out because my mom is working out. Like that's something I right. think a lot of people really struggle with, but it's right. Like, do you think it was those conversations that changed that for us? I don't mean, Like I know for me, it was like, obviously. No, de- definitely the conversation has helped. And it's, it's also at times, you know, I still struggle when I'm out with friends that are still mm-hmm. have this, this sort of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I'm able to block it out. And even, um, around other, there's other times when like you're going away with people and they have certain 
eating habits or working out habits that also was getting to be a, a bit too much, I'm able to just completely separate myself and yeah. do what I know is best for me. Yeah. So, and, and it's a healthy, healthy for, for my body and my mind. Like, um, how did so you get to that I, point? How did you get to um, that point of knowing that someone really close to you might be like working out six days a week and you might not be? And like, how are you okay with that? Like, how'd you get to that point? You, <laughs> I kid you not. Really? No, I'm really not even, I really am not even kidding. Um, you've gotten me to that point. It made me feel secure enough in myself that I'm, I'm okay. And I'm doing things that are right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just, I just know now that I'm, I'm on the right track. Yeah. And you've gotten me on the right track. Oh, Cause if I didn't have a child like you, I literally probably still would be heading in the wrong direction. Stop it. Really? But it's I feel a big change in my, in my life. Aw, that's really nice. Yeah, you have. But I feel that I feel the same where it's just like it just clicks one day where it's like you go this whole time with people feeling like um, if you don't if you're not like eating a healthy snack like them, then you're lesser like you're morally mm -hmm. not as good yeah. as them. If you don't yeah. work out as many times that like, you're morally not as good. And then right. all of a sudden, like you get to this point where you realize that literally it doesn't fucking matter and that like matter. those are their thoughts living in their brain exactly. so they are exactly so what I always it's like it's like that's so not like whatever but this is what I go through that is so sad yeah. that they feel like they need to bust their ass 24 7 like yeah and and go hard and it's like they get so disappointed and feel this guilt if they don't and it's like I'm just over here yeah. chilling living my life chilling exactly Enjoying my workouts, enjoying my food, but having a balance. Exactly. Like it's like the most beautiful thing you could ever have. I'm, I'm enjoying my life better because of my change in attitude. Yeah. I don't think about it like that. It's just like, I don't know. I just, yeah. my, my way of thinking about eating and working out and has completely changed. And so, it's, it's and, the value that we place on our bodies. Like, I think that is a big thing that moms and, and just people of that generation need to realize. It's like you guys, I right. think placed, you were taught to place a lot of value in right. what you look like yeah. because yeah. you were in that like stay at home mom generation. Like you weren't fully in the yeah. workforce generation yet. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm like, okay, we are, powerful, strong, like intelligent people. We can make changes in this world. Um, we have an impact yeah. on people. And so why does it fucking matter what my body looks like? Um, mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm like, if I'm making the world a better place, why, why does it matter what my body looks like? It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. But we were, but what I, right. But what I was saying before was, again, we were so our minds were just focused on beauty being thin mm. and it was fed to us all the time. Like it, again, in, and I blame it kind of on like on the models and the magazines and everything back then. That's all we saw. Think about how far we've come. Think about all the, all the clothing companies now that 
everybody, there's women of all different sizes and heights too. Mm -hmm. I'm petite. It wasn't even, you couldn't be a model or anything if you were petite. So it's not even just in a thin way or a fat way or however you want to say it. It's women, things have been changing and evolving, I think in, in the last few years, like so in an amazing way. Yeah. Like I feel like before you were like tiny, it even wasn't looked upon as being such a, you know, great thing as if you were tall and lean, Mm. you know, but I look Mm -hmm. at myself now, I even love my petiteness. I'm embracing it in a different way than I ever have. I love it. I I love love being short. I could never, I would not want it any other way. I love being five feet tall. It's short. It's just petite. That's the thing too. It's like, why do we, you associate bad with short and that's why you don't use like using the word short. Short. So it's like, stop associating bad with the word short. Like I'm short and I love it. Like tall, what tall people don't be like, oh my God, tall is a bad word. Like it's like, I'm short. I love being short. I, that's okay. That's great. Right. But I, I'm just saying, I think our world is changing and we are becoming more accepting of different bodies. We have a long way to go, mm-hmm. but look how much better we're doing now yeah. than we were five years ago. Yeah. Like really think of all the clothing brands that you know, mm-hmm. that you can open a magazine and not everybody in that magazine looks the exact same. And I'm talking about from, from, from everything. And there's a still, you know, I think there's being- still a long way to go when it comes to that stuff, but it's definitely gotten better and it's helping the move. Also, so a, girl, a girl I know, yeah. I want to talk about something really quick um, okay. because there are still problems going on our, in, in our society. Uh-huh. Why am I drunk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, there are, no, there are problems still in our society mm-hmm. with people treating um, fat people with like less standards than a thin yes. person. It's, it's, it's and disgusting. I have a couple yes. influencer friends. I've, I've met one yeah. of them in person. The other one I haven't, but I consider them mm-hmm. both friends. We, we follow each other on social media mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were at a club in LA called the highlight mm-hmm. room. They were waiting outside. I don't know if you saw this, but it's been all over the news. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All their friends got in. They're mm-hmm. one is oh. um they both are plus sized and mm-hmm. they both were told by a plus sized bouncer that they could uh-huh. not come in after letting all of their friends in who are not plus sized. Okay. So right. there is still yeah. major, major, major um discrimination mm-hmm. from these clubs and from places in general towards women. And right. And it's crazy because it's like this male bouncer who was plus sized was letting mm-hmm. it slide and was actually like the cause of a lot of these issues. Right. Um, right. And right. so they've been traveling around. They've been on a bunch of different news outlets talking about their oh. experience and how this affected them. Um, because right. imagine right. how really. how fucking horrible that is to go to a club. You're trying to have a fun night with your friends right. and they're like, you can't come in and it's like, you know, yeah. it's because yeah. you are, you are not the ideal vision of beauty that they are looking for to come into that club. Right. Right. That hurts to the core. Like that yeah. real, like I feel sad. Like I can't even it's imagine 
who the, who the, honestly, who the hell is he exactly. to decide? Exactly. It was that one person. Who is he to decide what beauty is? Who the oh. hell, who is he? It's like, that's disgusting. It's but so disgusting. I, I think, and, and what she's, one of the girls I was, I was talking today about myths in like the industry of like body positivity influencers. And she commented something. I'm going to read it. My friend Lexi, she's one of the girls that was like not let into this club. She said, one thing that's helped me is I've realized a lot of the times I'm talking badly about my body. It's rooted in misogyny and the male gaze standards that men have set for us and make us attractive or desirable. Once I realize that's where my negative self-talk is, is coming from, it helps me disarm it. So it's very true. It's like these clubs, this man did not let them in because it is, it's so misogynistic. It is completely based off like the male vision of beauty and like what Mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of moms and women, it's also related. It's like moms and women are afraid for their husbands to see them gain five pounds or they, they, they are that way because of society and because society is freaking sexist. Right. Right. They're, they're seeing the men, they're seeing it at home. They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they don't know any other way, Mm -hmm. but that's why I'm saying it's your society has to make this change Mm -hmm. because it's going to be, it's my society can, change as much as we try to Mm -hmm. but your society your age group yeah is going to make the big changes for us and it's people like you carly and other people that are doing what you're doing well it it is because the change isn't going to be made without people like you that are willing to speak up about it and who are sick of it but you know what and i I feel like well i just i just want to say i see other girls on tiktok that are following, I don't know, in, in your footsteps, because mm-hmm. they're also coming out and they're talking about body positivity and they're trying to make a change. Mm-hmm. So there's other people on board, which is great because you're not out there alone trying to do this. Yeah. But we need even more voices like you. And we need more voices in my generation yes. of people that are willing to talk and say that we're wrong and that we are that almond mom. We need to talk about it. That's what I was just going to say, actually. I was going to say it like the most powerful thing I've seen in like a very fucking long time, especially Mm -hmm. in this scenario, is the fact that you are willing to stand up and say, I'm in this generation and this is a problem and we are all participating in this issue and like we need to change the narrative. Like you don't understand like how powerful that is. Because it's like, oh, well. you can't change. We we can't change unless there's people like you to tell your generation, don't get defensive. This is a real thing. This right. is what's happening. Right. And it's okay. We're right. not bad people. We just were raised off of this. And this right. is all we know. Exactly. exactly. And that's what I was trying to explain. I was talking to somebody today and they're like, I'm not an almond mom. And I'm like, but you are. Right. <laughs> and it's, are. it's the defensiveness. Like just, but you don't understand. Yeah. I'm like, you don't really understand what it is then. And mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Because again, we don't know any different. That's how, that was our generation. Right. But I, I do, I really do hope that 
when I hope that people listen to this podcast and I hope that moms my age are willing to admit their what's going on and just educate themselves. You don't have to say, oh my God, I'm at fault. I did a terrible thing. Just get educated yeah. on how to make a change. And I that's think that's all. the thing too. Like just you can reinforce this. It does not make you a bad mom. It does not make you a bad parent that you went through these things and that it might have rubbed off on your child. Like you like right. you and daddy, and like I say this all the time, but I'm like, you guys gave me like the best childhood. Like I look at so many other people and I'm like, I am so blessed and so lucky. And so many people come out of their childhood really fucked up. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like good. Like I have a great relationship with my parents. Like I'm so close with you both. Like that is telling. But I think like a lot of people don't relate to that or feel that way. Or they think that if, if their mom, like, I think moms think that if they like had these narratives that that would fuck up their kid, but it's like, no, you can still be an amazing, incredible parent, but like, you're not going to do everything a hundred percent. Right. 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 It's true. We just, it's yeah. We, we just don't know. It's all about being educated. Right. Period. And it's like you could so. miss – you might have missed yeah. the mark or whatever on that, but it's like it's it's how you're willing to recover from it and how you're willing to like learn from it. And right. I feel like you and right. daddy you were both be- very open with lo- like just hearing right. what I had to say. Right. Oh, I was always open, but you're my daughter and I love you. So it's yeah. like how could you not be open and willing to hear what your child has to say? Like that I don't understand. That's so, a point if that you're I think not, is going to help you, people. And you still have, you still have disordered mind if you're not willing to be open and listen. That's so. no, that's a really good point that I think is going to help a lot of people. It's like, even if you like aren't doing it for yourself and you don't want to change for yourself, it's like, how much do you love your child? Do you love your child enough to realize that you might be affecting them in a negative way and that you might need to change? Right. Right. And, and what a great thing if somebody still is living at home and they are 13 years old or 12 years mm-hmm. old or they're in high school and your mom hears this and then you you are making a change early on. How great is that? Like, yeah. I wish I would have known all this back in my day. So in a, in a way, moms in, in this generation that have the younger kids are lucky that the conversation's opening up mm-hmm. so that those moms can make the change. I just think it's harder for the moms that were in my my time where our kids are in their 20s. I think it's for some of those parents, um, it's going to be difficult. 20s yeah. and 30s, you know, it's um, going to be more difficult. I know with me, like when I have a problem, I go to you first and then I kind of have you tell daddy. That's kind of like our mm-hmm, system. Right. Um, mm-hmm. How like how did you explain, I mean, this is really just for people that are closer with their moms and are dealing with this, or Mm. even if you're closer with your dad, honestly, but like how did, and and they need to explain to the opposite parent, like how did you go about explaining this to daddy? And like, how did you make him be able to like make sense of it? Because like, that was your job. Like you did that. Like I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, it took a while. It took a lot of talking. First of all, I don't know if you remember. I mean, it took the three of us sitting in, I remember sitting in a room and talking together mm-hmm. over things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it took, 
I'm going to talk to daddy first and then you have a conversation with him too. Mm -hmm. So he's also that kind of man that's very open Mm -hmm. and wants to, wants to learn about things. He's curious. He likes to learn. And yet he's very fitness minded and, and stubborn. He, he is. And I, and at the, at the very, very beginning though, he didn't understand. Mm. It's taken him time. He did not get it. He was still like, well, you need to work out and you got to eat healthy and you got to clear your mind and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's taken a long, it's just taken a very, it's taken a long time to educate him. And I mean, there were times like, I, I don't know that he, he just, that he was in that man world of also kind of grew up in that world of being a little more negative towards women of different sizes, mm-hmm. you know, and I hate to even say that about him, but, um, it's but that was just, again, it, it's all generational and I've, I think I've, I've had to educate him too on that. I'm like, you got to cut the the talk of anything negative towards anybody's bodies. It mm-hmm. just, it, it's got to stop. Mm-hmm. So, and I think he's definitely learned from you, from me, but there's a lot of men that they need to be educated yeah. on it that don't understand. So they don't understand the emotional impact that women are having. Right. That's what I think. I think. Some men, they don't understand or they don't care, um, but we all came from a mother, so we should all be sensitive and men should be sensitive to to women's emotions mm-hmm. and needs. Um, the last thing I want to do before we peace out is talk about solutions, mm-hmm. like how we kind of – like the solutions that we've had going through this and the solutions that mm-hmm. other people can have and like how they can work through this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously like if there's one takeaway, it's like communication Mm -hmm. um, and like talking about these things and like sitting your parents down in a non, in a non-judgmental and non-critical way. um, Being like, this is affecting me. And like, I'm not saying you're like a bad person because of this, but like I'm having an issue with this and I need, this is what I need. Um, Right. I'm even thinking that if you're the type of person that has a really hard time talking about it, that you can do research on all these issues and you can print things off. Mm. You can even write a letter to your parents. Mm. I know that sounds a little old fashioned, but sometimes it's a good way to get it out. Just write all your thoughts down. I feel like it's almost better to write all your thoughts down so you don't miss anything during the conversation. And if you aren't ready to talk about it, just say, could you please read this? And then we'll talk about it after. Yeah. And then also, even after you're writing that, bring facts. Like go go online and research things about all of the things that we've been talking about. So with body positivity and almond mom and bring the facts with yeah. you so that you have stuff to back you up. Yeah. Like bring the statistics about like the percentage of um, – teens that fall into an eating disorder from going on a diet for the first time. Um, Things like that. That's so freaking true. Facts about where, where all this started and where it came from. Mm. So that it's not just so that you're not, your parents doesn't think you're just coming after them. Right. You know, that it's, it's a fact that it's happening in our world. Yeah. So just if, again, if you come with information, 
um, it'll be better. It'll be a better conversation. And I think after that, when it comes to like maintenance of these issues, I know with us, like after we talked about it a bunch of times, it was also a matter of like, when you said something that bothered me, I would call it out immediately. And a lot of the time for the first few years, you were very frustrated with me and you would, you would get a little upset and get defensive over it. But I would continue to push and to say those things because eventually like something happened where there was a change. And like, I don't know if it was just because like we continued those conversations, like I continue sending those articles and whatever, but it was like, there became a time where eventually it was like, oh, I'm going to work out and I'm doing this. And I'd be like, mom, this is like, you're being annoying. Like you're bothering me. And it would be like, you would just be like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, or like whatever, like whatever, like to the point where it was a non thing. It was just like, I'm telling you this is bothering me and you're going to like click in your brain and remember, maybe that's not the best thing that I said. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It might not hit home that first time, but you got to start the conversation somewhere. Yeah. But you're like, you're saying, don't expect everything to change overnight. It's not going to. Right. Because there's a, there's a lot of educating to do. There's a lot we need to understand. And again, your parent might get a little defensive at mm-hmm. first, but keep feeding them with the information. Don't stop. Yeah. Don't, don't ever stop. Yeah. So. And at the end of the day, like your parents love you unconditionally. And so like you're, if, if that like put a like damper or like a, a wedge in your relationship, like that's on them. Like they should mm-hmm. be able to know that they love you so much that their mind can open to changing their ways. Like if it doesn't, right. that's like a bigger problem. That's like, why aren't they willing to, and, and that might mean that they have a, a more severe problem to be honest. Right. Exactly. And, and at that point, then I would start thinking about going to counseling yeah. with that parent. Yes. With somebody you need to research to understand yeah. this topic that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I think that most therapists do these days, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah there's, that would definitely, there's yeah. going to be those moms out there. Like, don't think that there's not like, there will be moms that get defensive to the point where like, they might not be open to like changing. Right. Um, and right. that's where you're like, okay, I need to go to therapy and I need to like figure out what the solution is. Like, can I talk to them about these certain things or do I need another person to talk to? Do I need an aunt? Mm-hmm. Do I need a best friend? Mm-hmm. Like, can I go to them for these things? Right. Do I need to give myself distance from them because their words right. are hurting me so bad and they're not willing to change? That's right. another thing. Right. It's like, you know, I, I've learned this lately. Love is not unconditional. Um, mm. It is, but it's not. It's like if someone is toxic and if they're affecting your life in a negative way, then you have every right to like step away and protect your peace. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I, yeah, if you need to, if you need to separate relationships a little bit and not be as close with a person because they're really affecting you, that's okay too. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think I in your generation, that's also a, a not common belief. To, to separate yourself from yeah. something? Like for yeah. us, it's like if a person is toxic, mm-hmm. you're allowed to 
not be part of their life. And that is healthy mm-hmm. for you because you're protecting your peace yeah. and your sanity. But I think in right. your generation, it's more like you're willing to put up with things and let things yeah. go. Or like, oh, we feel bad. Yeah. We've <laughs> mm-hmm. learned to get rid of some toxic stuff that, yeah. But it's like, it. you don't, you shouldn't have to, to deal with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I, this is a long episode, but I am going to go through and see if there's any questions from the audience. This is a good question that I want to ask you. Do moms ever feel some type of shame when their daughters gain weight? I struggled with this and I struggled with this as well. Like if I gained weight, do you feel shame? I, at this point in my life, but back then, but back then. Yes. I think that all moms do. Yes. That's what we were talking about. And I read this article that I sent to you, Hmm. um, that was talking about that back in our day, to have a child that was like thin made moms wanted our children thin because it also meant that they were smart and our child was doing everything right, mm. which reflected that the mom was doing everything right. Wow. So that's a fact. That's a just, that's just a fact. Wow. Um, yeah. And reality is that's not fucking Re- true. Reality is that's not reality. <laughs> that's, that's, that's reality. That's messed up. But that's messed up reality. But I think it's it's still happening today. Mm. Say you had two children and one was overweight and one was skinny. Uh, you, you know, people, it's just, that's that's how society, that's how we were raised. Like, it's just, that's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how else to. It's really yeah. crazy, but like. It's a very, it's. I want to find this quote. It's a very, very sad, sad thing. Yeah. Um, that is crazy though. Um, yeah. Find what someone I, else what said while you're doing that, when your mom makes a comment about what you're eating, how do you respond? I think it's like the bottom line is moms should not comment about what their children are eating. And if you ever commented about what I was eating, I would be like, I don't even know. Like at this point, I'm like, you wouldn't like because and I think if your mom does comment about something you're eating, you have to be like, you do not have the right to comment about something that I'm eating and this affects me in this way. Today, mothers must contend with messaging in the media that not only is thinness equated to goodness, but mm. children are equated with good parenting, said Jessica Wilson, a dietitian of the author, it's of the author of It's Always Been Ours, rewriting the story of black women's bodies. Mm. I don't know, whatever. I had just gotten this thing. Yeah, about. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the messaging that, that thinness equated with goodness and um, that thin children are equated with good parenting. Mm. It's interesting, right? That that is, it's that's crazy. But I, I know that because when I read things, when I read articles, it's, it's all about saying that like, Thin equals morally good, fat equals morally bad, which is like right. obviously so false because right. of so many right. reasons. Um, okay, another question. Someone said, "A fine, the fine line between teaching children to eat healthy and like going into like the eating disorder, disordered eating category." Right. I think right. personally, 
it's all about adding and not subtracting. So it's like mm-hmm. teaching mm-hmm. kids, ooh, like let me show you these amazing fruits that we love. Um, let me make this amazing like salad for you on the side of your mac and cheese. So it's like, we're not saying don't eat the mac and cheese. We're saying, let's add this amazing side salad, feel the crunch. Um, what dressing would you like? Like introducing more veggies instead of saying just less carbs. It's like, right. Let's just have more veggies. Right. Have your pasta, right. but let's have some veggies with your pasta. Yes. I love it. Let's have some broccoli right. on the side. And and you know what's great? Like I just learned recently from going new, to a nutritionist, they kind of disarmed some of that diet culture stuff that I still had in me. Like if you have a toddler mm-hmm. and they're not eating their broccoli, you can put a little like cheddar cheese on the broccoli and they'll eat it more and they're still going to get all the nutrition from the broccoli. And the cheese has nu- nutrients too. Um, right. Right. So there's That's nothing smart. wrong with it. It's like, we, we get right. things in our head, like certain foods are bad and good. And it's like, it's not a black or white statement at all. It's like, right. right. If we start off talking, yeah. If we start off talking to our kids at a young age, the way, what you're saying, mm-hmm. it will be better. Yeah. This is a good question. This is the last question. As a mom, if you see your daughter, this is going to be hard, like, Whatever, but mm. as a mom, if you see your daughter is getting big, gaining weight, how would you approach the situation? Now knowing what you well, know, I I would not approach it and say you need a diet and yeah. you need to go work out. I wouldn't approach it like that at all, and I would approach it in making her feel beautiful and happy with who she is at that now. Mm. I wouldn't approach it coming at it as going on a diet. Right. I would just, you can, if your daughter was, I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day whose child was complaining to them. And I was like, you need to approach your child and say, I love you. You're beautiful the way you are. And just be who you are. Like, why does it have to be about going on a diet? Mm -hmm. Why can't we just be happy with who we are? And she kept coming back to me and saying, but my daughter's going to say, but I, but I need to lose weight. What do I say now? And I say, you say, no, you don't. You're right. beautiful the way you are. You, this is not a weight issue. Right. So not. I think that's a huge part of the equation. And the other part is like, if a child is um, gaining weight to a point where if there is are health problems, like underlying health problems going on, I think something really amazing to yes. do is encouraging right. gentle movement. Like let's walk our dog. Uh-huh. Let's walk the dog around the court and like have a great time. Let's, let's right. learn how to play pickleball right. together. Um, not right. forcing them right. to do something that feels like a chore or like movement, just right. do it like a right. gentle movement. They're not going to want to do it. Right. right. Um, or right. what I said before, where it's like, about- if they're having the mac and cheese at dinner, adding that salad in, um, or encouraging more cups of water and maybe we'll add like, let's add some fruit into the water so that if they're drinking soda, an alternative could be like some fruit, like some strawberry, like some delicious water that tastes so yummy. Right. Right. It's like, there are so many other things. Come add it. Right. Come add it in a different way than making it like a diet. Right. (laughs) You know, don't come at it like you need to go on a diet and you need to lose weight. Right. Like I've just learned from you. Ne- never, never say that to your child. 
And even if you're in your twenties, like I feel like even with me nowadays, if I feel bad about myself, I'm, I don't come at it from like, you need to stop doing this. It's like, let's, um, let's take an extra walk. Let's like cook, try to cook dinner one more night a week, like gentle Mm -hmm. things that you can do that will Mm -hmm. empower you and not make you feel like you're starving Mm -hmm. or it's a struggle. Like it should never feel like a struggle. Like this is your life. Like you only have one life. Um, right. So I think it's super important to make sure that like you always feel comfortable in your situation. And, um, and again, like those open conversations are, are a big part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I absolutely loved this conversation. This was probably, I think this was my favorite conversation we've ever had on the pod. Aww. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, it's great. And I think, I've been dying to have it with you mm. because I just said to Carl, I'm learning so much with this whole almond mom yeah. thing. Like I need to talk about it. Yeah. I really need to talk about it. But it's like I think so it's, cool. It's so cool to see change. how much you've learned and how much more open you've gotten and how this is like going to help so many, so many people who are clearly like have gone through the same thing. Um mm-hmm. And it's cool that we can like have these open conversations and like constantly improve and grow and talk about it. So right. it's pretty cool. Right. And I'm still learning. That's No, I mean, I'm still learning. And I'm, I'm, still, I'm still open to learning more. Touche. Very open. Because I'm like, so, I tell people yes. on my page, I'm like, I'm still learning. Like I go on my page and I'm like, body this, body that, health this, blah, blah, blah. I'm still learning. Like I'm still, sometimes I call you and I'm like, my jeans aren't fitting today. I'm feeling shitty. I don't like myself. Right. And it's like we all are going to have right. those days, but it's like how you choose to improve right. and grow and go from there. Um, right, right. I'm not perfect, right? But I'm try- I'm trying really. Hard. I'm really trying and to learn. Period. So we're not all. perfect, but, but we're trying. Just, just, just open your mind mm-hmm. and just, just learn about what's going on in not- our world. That's all we can ask you to do. Okay. Well, if you liked this episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram at OKStopWinning. Follow us both on Instagram at Carly underscore Weinstein and Pam dot Weinstein. Dot Weinstein. Pam dot Weinstein. Pam dot Weinstein. No. And be sure to give us a five-star review. Leave us a review. Um, and just let us know, send us DMs, send us emails, let us know what you want to see for future episodes. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.